What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer or as an athletic therapist. So today I have my friend John Seco. He's in the Detroit area. He's a regular co-host, and we're going to be talking with people from across the globe. So we have, if you're watching the live video, the first person right next to John is going to be Kate. She is at Dublin City University. Right next to Kate is Madeline. So let me, let me switch the screen here one second. So there's Madeline. She is at St. Louis University here in the United States. And we have Nick is in is at Winnipeg University up in Canada. We should also be joined by Anat from Israel at some point during the show. So if we have him jumping in or interruption, that's, that's kind of what we're doing is trying to bring him in. So it's fun to connect and uh Work out all those from all these different countries, different times, different uh, internet requirements and things like that. So again, this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash AT education, AT education. And we're discussing exactly that. So as the athletic trainers, athletic therapists, we know that our education requires a lot of hands-on. And so just before we started, I was talking to Nick about, um, in ACL, because my coworker, who's been graduated from our master's program for three years, said, you know, it's one thing I, I just don't feel really good about is the ACL, like getting the, the Lachman's test. And so just the next day after she said that, I had a girl Terry sale, and it's never a situation where you want to have the ACL torn, but it's like, man, if you were just here, you could have, it was obvious. Like, as soon as I walk out there, I know it, I can see it, feel it. Boom. Okay. Well, you just missed it. But, and then by the next day it's swollen and you wouldn't be able to get that test. It was super painful. So one of the questions we'll have is how has it changed? Obviously with all the missing hands-on experiences, um, athletic training education has to be really creative and innovative because it's not something you can just sit and learn in a book. You have to put your hands on it. So, um, yep. I think I got all the intro stuff covered up. And then John's going to ask most of the questions, and then I'll type up the show notes. But if you're watching live, be sure to comment, ask your questions, just say hi, and I'll, and I'll mention those as best I can during the live show. Without much further ado, again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash AT education. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash AT education. And again, since we're, John will just rotate the order. So, We'll kind of go go through there. So whoever starts one question and then John will, John will rotate it through there. All right, John, once you got it. All right, yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Uh, I think we forgot to mention that you are from the great country of Texas. Oh, yes. If anybody's ever been to America or know anything, Texas is huge. I was in El Paso last summer or last winter, and I still cannot get out of my mind how large the state of Texas is. So Jeremy joins us from Texas as well. So yeah. Uh, Thanks for having us all on. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll get going and um, we'll we'll start with Kate since you're our furthest out right now. Kate, tell us about yourself and where you're from and and then we'll, we'll move along the order. Um, thank you, John. My name is Kate Ahi. I'm from Ireland. So I'm in a little country called Monaghan. It's kind of north of Ireland. Uh, but I'm studying in Dublin, in Dublin City University. It's known as DCU. Uh, and I'm going into my final year of athletic therapy and training. I'm actually currently supposed to be in Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania doing my placement, but obviously because of all this, it's been postponed. But yeah, so kind of going along with final year as best as we can at the moment. Uh, where at in uh, Pittsburgh? Um, University of Pittsburgh. Deal. 
Maddie joins us from St. Louis. Maddie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, um, I'm Maddie Wilsick. I am actually from Chicago, Illinois, and I go to school at St. Louis University in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I am in my second professional year here of this program. It's um, a five-year master's program, so I entered um, school as a freshman, and now I'm in my fifth and final year here in the program. And Nick? Yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, so my name is Nick Lichty. Um, I'm going into my last year of the athletic therapy program here uh, at the University of Winnipeg uh, in Manitoba, Canada. Um, I'm originally from Ontario, from a small town called New Hamburg. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Uh, Kate, you're, you're at the University of Pittsburgh. Where do you see yourself as an athletic trainer, athletic therapist once you're completed? Um, I'm not sure. Like at the minute, I'm just kind of doing my own bits of, you know, kind of sporting games at home and back up in college and that. So as of now, I'm not sure. I might go on to do a master's in the likes of physio or I'm even considering kind of going down the research aisle instead of doing actually athletic therapy. But it's still all up in the air. But I'm so glad to kind of have the athletic background um, kind of under me. So that way, if I ever, you know, come across the time where I'm, you know, stuck for any kind of experience or job, I know rightly I can just fill into an athletic therapist role and, you know, I'll have that kind of with me as an experience and stuff like that. So as of now, I'm not sure. I'll definitely go down the role of some kind of therapy, whether it is physiotherapy or further on to athletic therapy or even just kind of research in the whole department of therapy. Like we were saying earlier about SEL, like there's so much more to be researched on and stuff like that. So I'm still I'm not sure, but something along them lines, maybe. Thank you, thank you. Maddie, what do you think? What do you where do you see yourself? My dream job, my dream setting would be division one sports at a college here in the US. Um, I think that's definitely a goal. I've loved the experiences I've had in that so far. Um, and maybe, you know, in the future working in orthopedic medicine, getting a little experience in orthopedic surgery as an assistant something along those lines. All right. So you got to pick one university. What's that one? What's that going to be, Maddie? That's so hard. I'm from Chicago. So a dream job, I think, would be Northwestern University at some point. But I'm really open to anywhere. Gotcha. That'll work. All right. And Mr. Nick, where do you think? Where are you going to be? Um, I'm a big hockey guy. So um, I've always wanted to find a um, a job as an athletic therapist and strength and conditioning coach uh, with a uh, OHL team, so Ontario Hockey League, or really anywhere in in the Canadian Hockey League um, in one of the three leagues would be awesome if I could get a job. So, yeah, that's kind of my goal and uh, where I hope to be in a couple of years. And down here in Houston, we know nothing about hockey. And up here in Detroit, we get all of our good hockey players from the OHL. So. <laughs> so let's let's talk about what's COVID look like to everybody right now. What are the differences that everybody's seeing in, in across the world? Um, I know Jeremy and myself we have very different and yet very similar um, kind of scenes here in, in where we're at. But uh, Nick, what is what does COVID look like, and how has it affected your studies? Um, well, in the province of Manitoba, we've actually seen 
an increase in cases as of late, unfortunately. Um, we were, uh, before August, we were doing really well for the number of cases that we had within Manitoba and Winnipeg. Um, but yeah, over the last, since about August, we've seen a real spike in cases and um, same with over the last couple of weeks, um, more and more have been popping up uh, within Winnipeg. Um, and that's kind of likewise for um, most of the populated areas around Canada as well over the last couple of weeks, unfortunately. Um, as far as our university, we're doing all of our classes for the most part on online on, on Zoom lectures. And um, that's gonna be the same for the first and most likely the second semester. Um, our athletic therapy program, we were granted approval to um, have our lab portions for some of our classes to be held in person, which is really awesome. I think athletic therapy is such a hands-on um, program and it's really important to have that face-to-face -face interaction and um, have that format of study and learning. Um, so yeah, that's that's been a huge positive for us. Maddie, what about you? What does it look like down in St. Louis? Um, so right now we have similar to numbers to what we've kind of had this whole time. Um, we're right now St. Louis is a hot spot of Missouri. Obviously, it being a city, there's increasing numbers, but we are fortunate enough that um, SLU has been doing a great job. I am still able to have all my classes in person. Um, and then for the undergrad part of the university, a lot of them are doing half online, half in person. Um, and some of our clinical sites have been you know, rearranged. Um, a lot of the high schools have postponed fall sports until the spring. Um, I'm fortunate enough, my placement right now is at the university with our men's basketball team. So it's definitely a lot different, but I'm still able to have the, that clinical experience right now. And Kate, how is it over in Ireland? Sorry, yeah, I'm actually similar enough to Nick. Uh, we were kind of, you know, on the recovery road there in August and that and since September we've taken you know a turn for the worse again so the last couple of weeks our cases our number of confirmed cases have spiked like they've doubled um and deaths as well so especially in Dublin which is kind of the capital so I don't know if any of you are familiar with Ireland but it's the east of Ireland and it's the capital so the highest population in that um which is where my university is so the, since the dub, or the number of confirmed cases have kind of doubled, we've gone back into lockdown as of a few days ago. So Dublin's now in phase three lockdown. Um, the rest of the counties in Ireland, though, aren't in lockdown. It's just the capital, us here. Um, but they're still kind of all taking precautionary measures. So for the likes of sporting events and matches, they continue to take place behind closed doors. Um, but, you know, there's no spectators and it would only be us athletic therapists and coaches that will be there and kind of like that. Um, so it, that's, it's kind of the same as Nick, as I'm saying. My approach, or, or JC's approach is a hybrid learning. So most, majority of classes are online. For us as well, we're starting, so weeks one to four is online with week five, kind of cramming all our practical classes in one week and then online again, and then week nine, it's practical class again. So 
we're just mostly online for all of our lectures and that, which is, you know, not really the best for us because as Maddie and Nick were saying, like, you know, it's hands-on face-to-face learning. It's kind of what we thrive off because there's just not as much you can learn from, you know, through a computer screen and that when it is such a practical-based course. Um, so we're kind of hoping that, I don't know, soon enough it'll be a bit more lenient and, you know, we'll have more practical classes with our lectures. But as of now, it's mostly online. That's great. So we have somebody else that just joined us and I'll let you introduce yourself. We've gone through some of the introductions of um, some of our other guests, but uh, I believe this is Anat from Israel joining us. So Anat, please um, say hi and, and let us know where you're from. Okay, so uh, sorry for the late, I had some uh, technical problems. Um, so my name is Anat, I'm from Tel Aviv, Israel, and I'm a student at the first class of uh, sports therapy degree here in Israel. Um, and in a few weeks, we're going to start our third and final uh, year of this program. That's it. That's me. <laughs> so we were just kind of going over what does COVID look like in everybody's scenario? So what does it look like in Tel Aviv? Yeah. So um, at Israel in these days, confirmed cases increasing by the day, actually. Um, so we're in a kind of a partially partial lockdown. Um, so right now it's partial, but I don't know, in a few days it may, it may be, uh, will be a full quarantine. Um, so that's the thing right now. So uh, mostly we, we, we study on the online, most of our uh, courses. Okay. So it looks like across the world, just our small sample size right here, all the numbers are going back up again. We're kind of locking down certain areas and uh, makes me anxious again, to, to say the least a little bit. Um, so I want to, you know, we're all talking about what COVID looks like in our areas and also how we're going about the learning process as students. Um, as students, what have you seen or how have you seen athletic trainers, athletic therapists, physiotherapists uh, work with and handle this crisis that we're in? Let's go with Kate. Um, so, like, sorry, do you mean as a student or as actual athletic therapist? I, you could talk about both. You know, we, we talked about or we've seen here in America athletic trainers kind of stepping up and being that, uh, that first line of defense for some of the hospital systems. Uh, I know within our school district here, the first two months back with uh, athletics, we weren't doing athletic training, but we were working on temperature checks, screening, uh, helping with setting up um, testing and things like that. We were doing more of those things. Uh, how have you seen in your area athletic therapists, athletic trainers, physios, how have you seen them um, kind of attack and, and help with this this crisis that we're all going through? Um, well, I see the thing is, in Ireland, we're still quite under heard of and like we're always like during lectures and all we're trying to get the name athletic therapy, you know, out there and even with insurance companies and that because it's unheard of. Like I have to always explain my course, like everyone's like, oh, athletic therapy, what is that? They're like, is it like personal trainer? I'm like, no, it's like basically sports-related physio. So uh, I suppose at times like this, you know, when there's such a crisis, they're not really, you know, if I said, oh, I'm an athletic therapist, I'd like to step up and help the frontline staff, they'd be like, what? Like, this is not time for muscle gain. Like, they won't understand if you get me. So in that way, we can't really offer as much help as the U.S. because you have kind of more of a, 
you know, you just, you have the name and everyone kind of understands. But I even find for myself personally, uh, start of lockdown, I was like finding myself, okay, so lost two months of uh, face-to-face practicals. So trying to learn them online and then coming straight into summer. So it was like a consecutive amount of months with actually, without doing any actual practical work or like skills or anything like that. So I kind of, you know, got conscious that, you know, my clinical skills and knowledge would begin to decline because of this whole, you know, home-based learning stuff. Um, so that kind of anxiety and consciousness drove me to work off my own initiative. So then I kind of thought, you know what, like this is kind of make or break time. And I ended up putting myself out there to send my local club teams. Well, look, I'm currently doing sports physiotherapy, athletic therapy. Um, and if any, because whenever the GA season started back up again and the rugby season all out there, uh, I said, look, I'm you know going on my final year. I'm stressed that I'm not getting much practical or experience at the minute. If you need a hand with anything, let me know. And as you know, from day one, I was like flat out with games, matches, and that because obviously, the like actual physiotherapists that were working with clubs were, you know, taking their own precautions, and they they were, you know, piling up on work, and appointments were a lot different. So they were kind of backed up. So I thought this was the perfect opportunity for me to kind of infiltrate myself into the club get more experience at home and I actually found myself learning a lot more this whole summer through the pandemic than I nearly learned in college myself and it was from kind of putting myself out there more and just you know seeing what I can do to help clubs and even simple games like juvenile matches juvenile trainings just being there and it would be once again like you know kind of learning on your feet like there'd be certain scenarios that I'd be kind of like saying okay we're like where am I going to go here but I know I find that I actually end up gaining a lot more experience. And as well, I mean, the clubs, they were getting free physio, so they weren't complaining. So it was kind of a win-win under weird circumstances. Like, I, realistically, I never would have put myself out there if it wasn't for the pandemic, you know, because, like, I just would have never really bothered, whereas I actually was thinking, okay, this is going into my final year. I'm so out of experience now. I need to do something about it. So that's the kind of way I think the majority of my class is similar as well. Like, our lecturers email us saying, look, we don't know what stories of placement at the minute. If he's want to help out at home or whatever, we really encourage that. So I think everyone is kind of the same boat as me in my class, uh, that we kind of learned a lot more thanks to the pandemic. So it's kind of like a blessing in disguise, nearly. And as well, you know, working off your own initiative, it kind of gives you that bit more confidence, nearly. So I suppose it was good in a way. That's actually, I, I love hearing that. That's great. Maddie, what have you seen? Uh, when it comes to athletic trainers within your area in, in St. Louis or in, in Missouri or even back home in Chicago? Um, I think I just gained a whole new appreciation for a side of athletic training that I hadn't really experienced, which is the administrative side. Um, as a student, you know, I'm so eager to get my hands on a patient and learn, you know, special tests and learn all about the injuries, but you really don't focus on the administrative side as much when you're a student during clinicals. And um, so here in the U.S., we have like counties within each state and the counties were producing their own rules for COVID. And so over the summer, I was placed at a high school in the St. Louis area, which was not following as strict of COVID rules as the other areas um, because it was a little further in state so I got to witness my preceptor who was the certified working at the high school him being in the meetings with the principals and the 
athletic directors and being that advocate for athletes and being the advocate for being safe and, you know, maybe not having 80 kids at a camp at a time. And um, I did participate in a lot of COVID screenings where I was doing temperature checks, symptom checks um, every day. And I just, I gained such an appreciation for how he used his skills um, to really advocate for athletes and advocate for the health of each athlete, not just if they were injured or not, but making sure everybody was safe and that, you know, bottom line, we're all in this together. And, um, you know, sports aren't as important as the overall population health. And so he really just used his skills and used his um, really interprofessional education and, and really just helped keep the pandemic under control for the whole school, not just athletics. So I think I really gained an appreciation for that. Um, and I gained really an appreciation for how important we really are for the athletes, not just if they're hurt, but if they're healthy or not, protect, protecting them from all of this and just making sure we have um, their best interests. So Maddie, real quick, since you're so complimentary of your uh, preceptor, why don't you go ahead and just mention the preceptor's name and just just real quick, thanks. So the two preceptors I worked with this summer were Jonathan Birch at St. Louis University and Morgan Jasperson, who also was a graduate of my program, and he was at a high school in the St. Louis area. All right, there you go. Just giving them a quick shout out. Thanks for doing such a great job educating our futures, Morgan and Jonathan. Absolutely. Nick, what about you? What does it look like? What do the athletic therapists look like out in Canada? Yeah, so kind of at the start of the whole pandemic, uh, like a lot of um, other professions, uh, I do know some people that did step up and uh, kind of go and work on the front lines and vo volunteer on the front lines. So um, kudos to them um, as a job well done. And um, at my practicum placement um, right now, I'm with the hockey team. So um, you're seeing a lot of athletic therapists um, kind of take it upon themselves to um, do a, a check-in process for the athletes each each day. So uh, for us, the the guys come in the same door the same way every, every day, uh, four guys at a time. We do a check-in process. They, they have an app on their phone. They answer um, yes to questions like, do you have a fever? Do you have a cough? Do you have a runny nose? Um, just a typical screening questionnaire and then um, we take their temperature every day uh, as well so then they'll put that into the app and um, if everything's good it'll all pop up green for uh, my supervisor and I to to see the the report afterwards um, and they have to have that filled out before uh, they even get to the dressing room then or or touch the ice so um, it's a battle to try and get these young guys to consistently do that every day, uh, as you can imagine. So kind of created some incentive uh, for them. Anyone who misses a day of doing the questionnaire has to do a 100-meter sled push uh, at 100 pounds. So I think that'll be incentive enough for them to follow through with that. As well as for myself, this time, I think throughout the summer, everyone had more spare time just because of the pandemic and i think like a lot of my peers on here have been saying there it's been a blessing in disguise i've always wanted to look in areas of improving myself in athletic therapy so 
for me wanting to do hockey, I want to progress myself in the strength and conditioning side of things. So I started the process of studying for my CSCX exam. Uh, so my cert certified strength and conditioning exam. I think if it was any other any other summer, I probably wouldn't have had time to start that process or anything. So like everyone else has been saying, it's been a blessing in disguise for sure. Um, and I think you just learn to appreciate the benefits of having in-person classes as well too. Like you, you don't know until until they're gone uh, what, what you're missing out on in in-person exams. I personally really like it and think it's super beneficial. So the sooner we can get those back, the better. And uh, what's it like in Tel Aviv and, and how have sports therapists uh, been able to assist with this crisis? So uh, unfortunately in Israel, the sports therapy is not uh, something that the Minister of Health and acknowledged with. So uh, we're not a part of the, of the system in a way uh, yet. So uh, we weren't like um, active assistant in the pandemic stuff. But we did have, uh, and, and we still have um, clinical experiences, and we're, we're witnessing the, 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 you know, the, the COVID stuff like live in front of our eyes. Uh, so like we have like um, clinical experiences. Um, we, like we had also uh, in the rehabilitation pool. And so I had this uh, patient who was, uh, she had like a ICU um, muscle weakness because of the COVID. So I had to take care of, take care of her, and um, so it's you know it it really uh, I learned a lot of it from the clinical experiences. How, what's the university experience like in Israel right now for you? So uh, we're supposedly in a summer vacation um, because we don't have courses, but we do we do have uh, lots of a lots of uh, clinical experiences. As I said before, we have this uh, the re rehabilitation pool because we are trained to be a hydrotherapist and we, uh, we have uh, clinical experiences in orthopedic um, clinics and at the gym. So that's, uh, that's what we do uh, these days. So I want to hear about some of the challenges. Uh, well, first, I want, to, I want to put this question out and we're going to kind of come back to it. Um, we've all kind of touched on how this has changed us and some of the things that we've um, taken out of this, this time. Uh, I want you to think about this question and we'll loop back to it. Um, I want you to think about the one thing that you've, you personally have forced yourself to learn over the last six months due to this challenge. Um, but I also want to know about what's the challenge been during this time, during this transition from going from in-person to having in-person exams, in-person classes, to now going back to a virtual experience. Some of us are experiencing virtual um, online and, and changing up your labs and things like that. What's been the challenge personally for you? And, and Anat, we'll start right with you again. So uh, I think that the most challenging aspect uh, was that none of us, uh, students, professors, the college uh, in general, none of us expected these this changes, as you said. Um, so I think that most of the students um, experience this transition uh, as challenging because it's hard to stay attentive uh, while you're at your home sitting down. Um, so, and also at the, at the practical classes, so 
usually the uh, professor tell, tell us uh, to to uh, experience uh, like do tests and treatments on different bodies but uh, this time they told us that stay with the same person the whole semester and so it was weird but I must say that uh, for me I, I can't talk on behalf of everybody but uh, for me, um, I think it taught me to be like a self a self learner in a way, and I had to like be more sophisticated in the way that I learn. And so, for for me, it it was something that I I, I learned about a lot of about it for, from it. Maddie, what about you? I just, yeah, I agree. One of the challenge was we didn't really see it coming. Um, for me, I left college for spring break and never went back. So I had one suitcase at home with me in Chicago, uh, none of my textbooks. Luckily, I had my laptop, but um, that was definitely crazy. And then, so I was living at my house, which had five people in it. Uh, both my parents were working full-time jobs. My siblings were we're in school, so we definitely had some Wi-Fi issues there. Um, and we were, I think the most memorable thing was I was trying to learn the back in my musculoskeletal class um, over Zoom, which I thought was so hard. But uh, I had my, my sister was nice enough to help me. So we would set up Zoom practicals. I would put her on a bench in my family room and do special tests on her. Um, but yeah, that also, I guess, was a a positive out of all of the craziness was I got to spend time with my family, which originally I wasn't even supposed to be home at all this year. Yeah, definitely trying to focus and study with a house full of people was a challenge. And, you know, you have all these pre professors with so much knowledge and experience, and you can't really get all that from them over Zoom, which was definitely hard for me. Kate, what about you? Uh, I'm quite similar to Anat and Maddie in that. I definitely gained like independence and self-learning because you got to the stage where it was kind of like, well, you know, there's no lectures here. There's no like exams to actually show up for. So if you want to excel or you want to do well, it's basically up to yourself. Um, so I suppose that is a positive in that it did kind of make me, you know, in a sense, grow up a bit, and especially coming into final year, you know, kind of the last spoon fed option. It's kind of more you're on your own now. But similar to Maddie, like there's definitely, I feel like a lot of people, like Wi-Fi would always be an issue. Uh, even like I'm lucky myself, you know, I had secure enough Wi-Fi. Uh, I had a room in my house where, you know, no one was there. So it was an actual study area. But there's plenty of people I know who like just wouldn't have that kind of home space to actually try and get work done and wouldn't have good Wi-Fi. And like, it's just, it's, it's unfair in a way that like, there'd be students that would go home and they wouldn't get the same kind of chance who like would want to do well but you know it's an unfair disadvantage before they even begin to try and start learning and um, so I just think that was kind of difficult for other people in that way and I know even myself like I kind of I didn't do as well in the second semester towards the end as I did in the first semester because I'm just not one to work well at home like I need to be up there in the environment to kind of motivate myself to kind of and as well, I, I'm a person who needs to physically see it to understand it. So trying to learn things through a, like a lecture online, like it's just, it's not, like, and I'm also a person who would ask a million questions. So 
you're not more inclined to do that over a laptop because you know it's everyone kind of in and out and like it's just weird connections so I just find myself personally it was harder to learn through that environment um so I'm really hoping that you know some kind of face-to-face um transition will kind of come soon but yeah like there is pros and cons to it like I did get the independence and the self-learner and even as Maddie was saying originally the admin like me doing bits at home I after a while started taking my own notes and you know track records and just different things just as I learned from over the years to kind of cover yourself with just different things in case so that definitely was a bonus too but yeah like it's it's 50 50 you know there's pros and cons to it all and Nick what about you I think for me, one of the biggest challenges was at the U of W, just like I'm sure all you guys, we, for athletic therapy, we have hands-on exam and written exams for each one of our classes. So one of the biggest uh, challenges I was telling John and Jeremy earlier is I haven't actually been able to finish two of my classes from last year. So um, the we haven't uh, been able to do our hands-on practical exams yet. Um, those have been pushed um, back to sometime this fall. We're still waiting on a date uh, when it's safe to kind of do those in person, um, which I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do them in person. I think that's re- a really big experience to have, and it just goes so well for um, AT students rather than trying to do it virtually on a computer, I I think, personally. But, yeah, it's it's been difficult throughout the summer to stay on top of that and motivated throughout all these summer months trying to practice and study throughout such an extended basically a waiting game really and then another difficulty i think especially for at students we all have to wear masks at our placements i think probably just like many of you guys i think when you're getting to know a team and athletes masks really kind of hide your expressions and stuff so i think it just uh, makes it a little more difficult to create a relationship with your athletes and stuff like that, as well as to we have to wear gloves for assessments and treatments at some of our placements as well. So for myself as a student, still trying to learn and kind of develop my hands, so to speak, it, it's difficult when you're wearing gloves to um, sometimes palpate a certain area and really know what you're feeling. So that's been a big challenge. Um, uh, so yeah, to go on to that, I, as well, um, throughout the the summer I had, or before the summer, sorry, I had a bunch of volunteer and job opportunities lined up for myself, um, which I was really excited to be a part of certain clinics and teams, uh, throughout the summer, but with COVID, all that kind of went down the drain, I guess clinics shut down here and teams shut down as well. So it was frustrating. I think you catch yourself being disappointed and frustrated at times, but yeah, I don't know. Just try and keep reminding myself that um, there's many more people out there that have uh, gone through much worse (laughs) than me and in their own lives, like financially or losing loved ones or whatever. So yeah, just try and stay positive throughout it all is, is the most important i think so let's speak to the educators you're you're all students in in your respective universities what can you tell your educators what can you tell your preceptors your college professors something that they need to know that you need as athletic uh, training students or therapy students what do your educators need to know 
from you. Let's uh, let's start with Maddie. What would your educators need to know about you and what you need? I think most of my professors have been such seasoned professionals. They've been doing it for a very long time. And what I would say is just every, you know, expectation and experience you've had with previous students, just, you know, throw it out the window, set it aside, because this year is definitely a different learning environment for everybody. Um, everybody has their own challenges no matter what. So I think just going at your own pace, really getting feedback from students, if we should move on, if we need more time, um, and just really not having expectations, just kind of going with what's best for your students at that time. Um, I know we've had to revisit a lot of topics this year that were covered when we were online last semester. So that's kind of change the curriculum a little bit. Overall, I would just say, yeah, be flexible, take your time with students, and just everybody be super understanding of the challenges the students face. And the students also need to understand how different this is for the educators, too, who have been doing this for so long. So I think everybody just needs to kind of be on a team, play it, play it in the best interest for everybody and do your best. Kate, what about you? Um, yeah, no. I think that my lectures especially, they're quite understanding and they're quite intuitive in that they know when they understand the best way for us to learn as athletic therapists. So they kind of know themselves, we do need practical, like I know the circumstances is rough, but they know themselves that we need that practical face-to-face hands-on classes. Um, like even similar to Nick, we, there was a few modules we didn't really get finished and it, practicals that were like practical exams that were to go with it for example like soft tissue therapies like the, there's only so much you can learn through a laptop of that like it's it all it is is just hands-on massage therapy so like I think just to make sure that we still haven't really covered that in a practical element and like as long as we're mindful of that and knowing that there's certain bits we still have to go over before we do graduate um I think we should be fine though like they are quite you know up to speed and they know the best way for us to learn but as well as as I mentioned earlier and um, if they could just keep in mind that it's different for each student and each student will adapt to this quite differently and um, whether it be their own personal characteristics of you know not being able to work at home not having the motivation or even just environmental situations so as we said the lack of wi-fi the lack of actual area to study in um, just as long as we're kind of mindful of that and just so every student gets their own fair shot um, because as I said like it's so it's so hard for everyone and it's just trying to you know give everyone the kind of equal chance to get the best degree and the de- best kind of outcome as possible but having said that though my lectures the majority of them have just all been you know super in this time like no one can really predict or no one can um like handle it a right or wrong way because we're it's all so unfamiliar to all of us kind of thing but yeah that's all i really said to be honest and how how are things for you what can you tell us um so first of all i want uh, i want the lecturer to know uh, that they shouldn't be so hard with themselves because uh, they didn't know it uh, it will be like this and none of us uh, didn't know so uh I don't think it's something that um, the lecturer should do or the, the student should like. I, I think it's um, it's something that the academic in general should 
should take advantage of this uh, weird situation that we're in and uh, improve the quality of distance learning in particular and learning skills and, and teaching skills in general. Uh, and maybe after the COVID will, will end, the, um, the teaching and learning will be um, uh, better, uh, even if it, if it will be in the class. So I think that uh, it's something for the academic in general. Maybe I, I should say it uh, not to the lecturer, but to the, to the, to the college, uh, something wider. Nick has the floor. So yeah, for, for myself, First of all, like our, like many of you guys have said, our professors at the U of W have been amazing. We we all look up to them a lot. Yeah, they've been super flexible and accommodating throughout all this time, and just been available throughout the summer for so many questions. And even even them, they had so much uncertainty for how this year would play out, and to be able to answer our questions and take the time to do that when when they didn't even know what was going to go on was really beneficial to us and. We're all thankful for that. One thing that I would let them know from us students, I was talking to some of my peers uh, yesterday about this question, um, and I think it's important for them to know that we're still very eager to learn, uh, even though classes are going to be online. I think just because they're online doesn't mean we are trying to, I don't know, like miss some of the points. and. I think uh, one thing that I'd really suggest for, for them is just maybe try and replicate our previous year's classes, kind of the structure of an actual like typical AT class and try and replicate that into our online format. So for example, uh, it, it's difficult. I think every prof has their own teaching style and it takes a lot of creativity to do, but if they could do, in normal classes, we've done demonstrations of special tests, for example, I guess. So if they could demonstrate special tests over Zoom as well, just try and, again, replicate those previous years over Zoom and have more of a typical AT class rather than just um, talking about the lecture slides, I think would be super beneficial while we don't have a ton of our hands-on experience that we normally have had. So I have also created an, like an online learning platform for my my high school sports medicine students and and it's kind of the same thing, but I've done it like where it's self-paced, but I realize these kids, just like some of you were saying, not everybody's going to be able to adjust the same. I think it was Kate was saying, everybody's going to adapt differently. Um, so some of these kids are really struggling. These are kids that are like, like in the AP classes, which is like the advanced placement, the college credit classes, and they're struggling, you know, and some of these teachers are expecting everything to be the same. Well, when these kids have device issues, then everything goes downhill. And so it really is important as an educator to stop and think, what would I do? I have three kids at home that are in elementary school and I understand what it's like to sit with them. And that one assignment that at school takes them 10 minutes because they're sitting there in the class with the teacher on a piece of paper. Now they're on a computer and there's 10 extra steps involved. And so now that's going to take him an hour to do that one 10 minute assignment. And sometimes it's a little bit easier to do the assignments online, right? And so then they can do them at their own pace. They're not having to sit here and listen to me do attendance and things like that. But it's also not all of them are understanding or they don't, they can't just ask the question like, hey, what do you mean here? As an educator with both students in the virtual and um, 
like my own biological children, like having to teach them at home, I can definitely understand like being graceful and understanding on both parts, like understand the students are changing and struggling and they're trying. Some of them are milking the system. Yes, but it's, it's going to happen no matter what. And then educators are, have to be flexible and adapt. Just like you guys have said, I think it's super important because I'm, I'm completely seeing like all the different perspectives here as, as an educator. So let's go back to that last question I had for everybody. I know at the beginning of COVID, I I'd set, I'm big about setting goals. I think we've, we've talked about this, Jeremiah, I've talked about this so many times. Um, and, and I love to set little goals for myself and COVID provided this almost unfortunate, perfect time for me to try to learn something new. Um, you know, I took and I, I purchased a suture kit and I learned, I tried to teach myself how to do sutures. Um, there's always that little bit in the back of my mind of, like if the world were end were to end, I needed to know how to do something, and I'm always want to be prepared for something like that. Um, so I figured if I knew how to do sutures, I'd be good to go um, in in the life after. Um, but what's something that you you forced yourself to learn that may be associated with your studies or just something outside that you thought, hey, this is a great time for me to learn this and use this in my life. Um, Let's go with Kate. What is one thing that you forced yourself to learn? Um, well, kind of doing more of the, you know, athletic therapy for my club teams at home. Um, I forced myself to practice my tapings a lot more and strapping because I figured, like, this is the best time. I'm not going to have as much free time again. And it's the kind of thing where you just have to practice it because we had just finished it in college, but it was like a case where we had just kind of learned it and we all had to do them all at once, so it was kind of bombarded with loads of strapping. Um, so I figured this is the kind of best time to try and practice, you know, on my own, just different kind of tapings and even my own way of doing them because there's certain way, I feel like everyone has their own different ways of doing them. So that was kind of one aspect of my course I focus on and try to get myself to learn. And then as well, like outside of it, it was different things like getting myself into routines, kind of, I joined back my own football team um, which was so good for myself, like physically and mentally. I wouldn't have done that realistically if I wasn't at home. So that was such a bonus. And that was it. Like I had originally, I remember at the start of lockdown, I had all these goals set and like they were just so ambitious. But I'm so happy that I even like did the strapping and back to football. Like them two things alone, I'm just happy with actually having done. So, yeah. Great. Mandy, what about you? This question definitely stumps me a little bit. Um, I think... I didn't necessarily learn a specific skill, but I think I learned more how to deal with kind of going with the flow and not like I'm a very person. I'm the type of person that speaking of going with the flow, Maddie, you have frozen up. So we'll come back to Maddie. Yeah. Nick, I think just throughout this time, like you were saying, John, it's uh, like you alluded to with this question, just taking initiative and, in learning something new is something that I've learned in general. Um, uh, like I said before, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have had time throughout the summer to start studying my certified uh, strength and conditioning exam um, in in other years, just because of how busy I usually am in the summer with other things and work and and stuff. So that's been a blessing in disguise. Uh, starting to yeah start that process and my goal is to write that exam before the end of December so 
Yeah, uh, I, th I think that would be my biggest thing. Taking the initiative to reach out to teams and um, try and create a path for, for the future, really. Anna, what about you? Uh, I need to choose because I have a uh, lot of things that I, in my mind that I want to do. But I think that the winner is to, uh, to learn how to read faster <laughs> so I could, uh, you know, just, uh, to read article, academic articles faster or, faster or uh, books uh, that I want to read, uh, you know, about, uh, I don't know, physiology or stuff like that so I could, I could read faster. So that's the thing that I want to learn. And, um, um, and also the, this extra time give me, gives me like the chance to, to give more like, um, I don't know, remedial classes. I don't know how to say it to uh, students uh, in the year below me. So that's also nice. Actually, I want to hear from Jeremy. Jeremy, what's one thing that you've, uh, well, actually, Jeremy, before we go back to, we have Maddie that has rejoined us. Maddie, you, you were talking about going with the flow and then you get cut off there. So what's, uh, if you want to finish your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I was just going to say going with the flow. It was personally stressful for me. Someone who likes to have a plan to have all of that thrown out the window, um, having no idea what my summer is going to look like, having no idea what this year, upcoming year was going to look like. Uh, that was pretty stressful for me. So just learning to do what you can with the time. And then also I had to learn just to have confidence in myself because that was a huge break for me when everything got shut down. I felt like I was reaching the point in my clinical experience where I was finally getting that confidence. You know, you start so low when you first start out doing clinical experience and then you build that up. And so to have that huge break definitely was a little hit to my confidence. I was really worried about, you know, what if I lost all, all my skills that I've learned so far. So I think just, yeah, having that confidence in yourself that you didn't actually lose it in four months. It's still there. So. All right, Jeremy, what about you? What's one thing that you have tried to learn or force yourself to, to do over this last six months? So I mentioned earlier the sports medicine course I was creating. So this is actually an idea that came about like at the beginning of last year. So I started creating and putting together this online course and I just couldn't ever really get the wheels turning because everything was busy with the school year. And then COVID happened and I was like, oh, now, awesome. Now I'll be home. I'll be able to sit and work. But on March 10th, I think is when they we went on spring break. So March around 18th, something like that was when they said, okay, no more school for a week, no more school for another week. And it was still day to day. And then finally they shut it down. All right, we're not going back to school at all the rest of the year. And so then it's like, okay, now what? But then on April 1st is when we got our foster daughter who was three days old. And so I I wanted to build that course. I wanted to, but we just got a three-day-old baby, and then I'm trying to teach my kids how to get onto their stuff. And so the course, the sports medicine course online, the self-paced course for the students to create the consistent knowledge, consistent skills, has been the one really big focus since I've been back to work. It's really taken shape since I've been back, since I've been able to be here and work consistently, because before at home, like Maddie was saying, there's five, six people. And so as the dad, I have to stop what I'm doing to go help them. I have to stop what I'm doing to go take care of the baby. I have to stop what I'm doing to fix lunch. Those kind of things. So when I'm here, I, if, if I get an hour to sit and work, then I can really focus and really get some really cool stuff created. And so in that course, there's, you know, like 60 or so people that have, uh, I guess, joined the course to copy it. So 60 other athletic trainers who have joined it to either 
add something to it or to copy it and to use it for their own students. And so that's that's the biggest goal that I've had for this year. And then continuing to, to stay fit and active. And so I feel like I've been able to do that. I'm, you know, right short of 40. I'm 39 this year. And so I'm getting up there where I really need to make sure that I'm active and healthy or I won't be able to run and play with my kids or possibly my grandkids. So those are probably the two biggest things that I'm working on this year is nailing that course and then being active and healthy. Anything else, John? I'm all set. I really am. This is a great conversation. You get to see how um, athletic therapy, athletic training, physiotherapy is around the world and how it's affecting our students right now that are going through their respective universities and courses. Um, but also how I'm seeing the, the similarities um, in the challenges, seeing the similarities and how we're kind of overcoming this time uh, together, um, not just within your university, uh, but, but across the world. Um, this has been an amazing conversation just to have uh, the ability to talk with people from different parts of the world. Uh, I, I really, I thank everybody for being here tonight, uh, today, this morning. Um, you know, to, I, I wish your families and your communities the best as we continue to work our way through this, this current pandemic um, that we're all experiencing uh, together. We always have partners with the podcast. Again, this is this one was set up by the World Federation of Athletic Training and Therapy. And Jacob Resch at the University of Virginia connected us all, put, put all this together again, like we did. So you can check out the World Federation, be part of that and see what some of the cool stuff they're doing. And then our financial partner for this one is Myotech. So Myotech... So it's a great place to to shop to get your stuff. And just like all the other sports medicine professionals, they've been slowed down. Their business has really decreased because nobody's buying anything and things like that. So check them out if you get a chance, Myotech. And I got the links to that there in the show notes. <clears throat> Kate, Maddie, Nick, Anat, I have your email here in the show notes. Is there another way that you would prefer people to reach out to you? So if, if you're good with the email, you can just say email is fine. But if you have, you know, Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, something like that, that you would prefer people to reach out, there, here's an opportunity for you to share that. So Kate, email good? Yep, email's good. Thank you. All right, Maddie? Yep, email's good. Thanks. Okay, Nick? Yeah, email's great. And I'm not. Yeah, email is great. You know, you can reach out to John Seco. You can reach out to John Seco on Twitter. So it's J-O-H-N-C-I-E-C-K-O or me, Mr. Jeremy Jackson on social media. And then we can connect you as well. Again, this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash A-T education. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash A-T education. So for Jeremy, John, Nick, Kate, Maddie, and I'm not. That is a wrap. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This is awesome. Uh, really great information.